Hey guys, welcome back to the Changing Societies podcast. This is going to be our first episode, I guess you could call it, but um, there will be more in the future if you th- if that's what you guys want to see. And one of our main purposes is to serve the community with information as well as some opinions and views regarding critical matters that go on in our community. So I'm just going to start off with how often we have the fear in the back of our minds of the things that may happen to us. One of the multiple things that I'm personally afraid of is feeling and getting violated. What I do know is that I'm not alone. And many have this crippling fear in the back of their mind. But today, I'm not here to speak to you about my fears in life, although that would be a great topic for another time. Today, I'm here to talk to you about a very consequential topic that may have taken note of by many people. The subject matter is commonly known as gender violence. The multitudes that have taken note of this topic often confuse it for other things. A lot of us must be wondering, what really is gender violence? We always hear about these types of topics, but because they're so taboo, not a lot of people decide to speak upon them. What it is, is something that I myself do not completely know. According to the European Institute for Gender Equality, gender violence is a human rights violation. And this violation happens to occur within all different communities. It is a form of harassment directed to a being solely depending on their gender. Despite both males and females having to overtake these challenges, it is often women and young females that tend to be the victims. And I'm not personally speaking of myself. I'm speaking for the many young women and men around the world who have to experience this. It is very, very unsettling that women have to go through this alongside men. But if you were to look at the statistics, women and females overall have a much higher chance than men of getting assaulted and as often as not, it is usually men that are the perpetrators. So you must be wondering, how can gender violence be eliminated? That is something I myself question to this day because I am sick and tired of constantly having to hear about a new person every single day having to face this challenge, whether it be male or female, I am in support of stopping this. In order to understand how we can eliminate it, we have to create some background knowledge in our minds about the different types of gender violences. As stated once again by the European Institute for Gender Equality, there are multiple forms of gender-based violence from all four, physical, sexual, psychological, and economic, 
there are multiple ways that you can get attacked without even knowing that it's happening. Physical assault is when you are beaten and bitten or just externally hurt, meaning that you are left with bruises or cuts or scars. Sexual assault is when you are taken advantage of in the sense that you are being put into a position where you are being touched in places that you do not want to be. Psychological is a type of violation that messes with your mental health and your brain. And economic is just overall. So... Because I live in Canada, specifically Ontario in the Peel region, I want to dive into more of the Canadian statistics of abuse and talk about that because I feel like it is very rare that we ever hear about topics such as this and it's absolutely terrifying that so many people have gone through this but not a lot of people know. Our media and our government does not promote speaking about taboo topics such as this. Yes, they are heard of. Yes, they are covered in the news. But somehow it is always brushed off. And worst case scenario, you never hear about it. So many people are afraid of telling their own stories. The government of Canada had said that Indigenous, lesbian, bisexual, young, and senior women, alongside women living in remote and rural areas, as well as those that are disabled, are most likely the ones who are going to get violated. Now, although that both genders do experience gender-based violation, in Canada, it is much higher and much more likely for women to experience this. In the year of 2018, so many things had happened, which I am shocked to say that I had never heard of until recently. I hadn't dived into such a serious topic until quite recently, and I'm completely speechless, and it breaks my heart to see the results of what, actually happen the statistics whatever they show is something that you would be ashamed to think about in 2018 the homicide rate was 2.7 times higher than those who are not for indigenous women and indigenous people overall so that means more than 2.7 percent of indigenous people had to go through the horrors and the terrors of gender violation. In comparison to men that same year, women in rural areas experienced the largest amount of violence alongside young females while they were at the comfort of their own home. And usually the perpetrators were either their spouses or some form of a family member, whether it be a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a grandparent, etc. Out of 18,965 young children, 60% of these young kids being abused were female. 
So over half of almost 20,000 kids, so around 10,000 girls, were put into such a... I'm completely speechless. I don't really know what to say. They were put in such a horrible position and they had to face so much that they shouldn't have had to be faced um, by people in their household. When it came to women of an elderly age, and because some elders are so fragile, they become very vulnerable. So 58% of the seniors who experienced human rights violation that year, 58% were women. This just proves that the women of Canada are at a much, much higher risk than the men. I'm not saying that men do not experience this. Yes, of course they do. I feel like they are not given a chance to talk about this either. No one is given the opportunity or an outlook or a medium on which they can talk about taboo topics. But the most commonly formed that has been used to violate people is sexual assault. And I think it's completely shocking as to how many of us have to have this fear in the back of our mind that something might happen. I think it's so sad to hear the stories of people who are survivors or victims of human rights violation. This topic is not talked about at all. It's quite rare that you'll hear someone speak up or tell their story And I believe that a lot of the time, some people are afraid to speak up because they are afraid of what people have to say. They are afraid of being neglected or shut down or not believed in. And I think we just need to become stronger and, you know, use our right to speak, use our right to tell our stories and share our views and opinions on taboo topics, including this one. I was recently watching a TED Talk by a female from India named Mira Vijayan, and I was listening to her experiences and the stories that she had told of what had happened to her while she was just a young woman. Um, At the age of seven, she was molested by her private tutor in the comfort of her own home. At 17, she had an email circulated about her, including what a male would do to her if she did not pay attention to him. Now, despite all that she had gone through, At 19 years old, she was the strongest person I've heard of who had helped her friend escape an abusive marriage that was conducted due to her family. She was married to an older man and she was completely unhappy in this sense because that young woman, only 19 years old, being forced to get married to someone much, much older than her and not getting a chance to live her dreams or fulfill her 
wishes. In the TED Talk, Mira talks about this 25-year-old young woman who had just casually gone out with one of her friends. He was a male. And they had both taken a bus. And when they got onto that bus, there were six other men, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but you can refer to the TED Talk by Mira Vijayan. It's called Find Your Voice Against Gender Violence. Um, So I believe that there were six other men. And the outcome, which was completely heartbreaking and brought me to tears, was that this girl was raped and penetrated with a bent rod. She was beaten, bitten, and left to die in the cold on that bus. Now, you might be wondering, because a lot of people have a stereotype, it was her friend that had helped instigate this. I feel like that's what a lot of people would think of because that's what came to my head first, which I think is completely wrong of me to think that because I should have gone into it with an open mindset. But her friend was choked and knocked out unconscious. Now, usually, from what I have heard, a story like this in India would be brushed under the table. But in this case, it was not. The media had played this story repeatedly. India rose against the horrific incident. They took a stance. They had protests right before New Year's while the rest of the world was celebrating the beginning of a new year. People all over India were taking a stand and fighting for justice, for this young woman who had her life taken away for absolutely no reason. Now, the response from the media, the public, and the politicians proved to Mira that nobody really knew what to do or what was going on. A lot of the times, the media talked about how men were animals and how they deserved to be treated like absolute crap. But the politicians and some of the public viewed this as otherwise and had said that it was the women's fault. Why? Why is there such a stigma around the fact that women ask to get raped? Why is that stigma still there? Why does it still exist? How are women vulnerable if they are wearing clothes that reveal a little bit of skin that should not instigate? any form of assault. In that TED Talk, another story she had told, which I had also researched after, was a young American woman who had traveled all the way to India for an event, I believe. And unfortunately, just like many of us, she had experienced a form of assault. 
The only difference is she came back to her country and she wrote an article about this topic. She raised her voice against it. She had gotten harassed and she was not about to stay quiet. She wanted to inform the world about this. She wanted people to know of her story. And this helped Mira and her connect. They had both given their opinions and their views and Mira on behalf of her whole country had apologized for what this woman had to face. After this article was released, more women spoke up. We as women are so afraid to use our voice. And I can say this because I haven't told anybody my story. I will be sharing it with you today, but I haven't told anyone that. And I believe it's because I'm afraid to hear about what people have to say or what people might think. And I have the fear in the back of my mind that no one will believe me. But this American woman's story proved to me that we as a group need to find an outlook to use our voices. And as women, we need to stop denying our own right to speak. We need to participate in our systems and not condone the media. After the American woman had received all the support she had gotten, I was so utterly happy for her with the support she received from her university. The university had decided to open a program which would help equip people with skills that they need to confront challenges such as gender-based violation and assault. I was a lot more happier to hear that in 2013, the Indian government had passed a criminal law amendment to protect women from assault. And because of the drastic change, six times more women in India are speaking up now than ever. As Mira had said, to end this problem begins with us. We need to speak up and address change. And now my overall takeaway from doing all the research I did was that speaking about tough taboo topics like gender-based violation, abuse, domestic violence, assault, is the ignition to change. In order to make change, we need to make it okay to talk about this. So after hearing about all the things that America and India had done, to help their country and help make people less vulnerable to these scenarios, I really question how has the Canadian government and justice system responded to the amount of acts like this that are being committed in our country? This is where I had to dig deep and I had found out that they've actually introduced in 2016 an urban program for Indigenous people to help support organizations, meet their needs, and lower vulnerability levels. They have also promised to support survivors and their families by providing shelter, creating projects dedicated to help victims, making labor changes, increasing mental health support, just to name a few. 
I knew that in order to create a change, and I still know that in order to see a change and create a difference, I need to step up. I need to take a stand. And this is where I come in, and I want a lot of you to come in. I'm a Region of Peel student, and I don't know of people in my area who have experienced this, including myself. We need to make a change in order to see a change. A lot of the time, according to research, men are the perpetrators. Now, I personally feel that people can become perpetrators from things that go on in their own household, as well as experience and the lack of conversation around this topic. I believe that in order for us to make a difference, we need to make it okay to talk about taboo topics. We need to make it a normal conversation. No one should be ashamed to talk about real world issues and it should be completely okay for people to share their stories because who knows, sharing your story might help prevent someone else from experiencing things such as this. I, as a student of Peel, have a huge platform in my school that I can use to voice and raise awareness about this topic and help educate others about things that may be going around them. Sorry, things that may be going around, things that may be going on around them, as well as things that might be occurring with them as well. I need to create a platform, a medium for a lot of us to speak about things and share our views, opinions, concerns, and our stories. Because I myself am a victim of this, my own family members. And I will voice my story because I want people to know and I want people to be aware of things that might be happening that might go unnoticed. I want people to hear that in order to make a change, we need to speak up. If one person speaks up, others will speak up. And once others speak up, we will have a large group of people pleading for justice. And justice will be given to those. And we will make a difference. We will create a change. We just need to speak up and speak out. We need to help bring each other up instead of drag each other down. We need to stop neglecting those people who are willing to share their stories and their views and their opinions. We need to be the change in order to see the change. I think that's about all that I have to say today. And... Um, I really hope that this helps a lot of you realize that whatever is going on is in control of us. 
The change is in our hands and we need to take advantage of that. Thank you.